Welcome to episode number 10 of Make Move podcast. In this episode, I bring to you once again my friend Sarah White. If you don't know Sarah, she is a successful yoga teacher here in Dubai and she is successfully creating and selling online courses aimed for yoga teachers and she talks me through the process of creating and selling it. She also shares some tips for marketing and selling the online courses. So if this is something you are interested in, you should definitely listen. So without further ado, let's get to it. Sarah White, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you. It's been third time you are here. You are being a VIP guest now. I know. It's not like we're best mates or anything. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I don't even know you. <laughs> Today we talk business. Ooh, sensitive, you, tricky subject. You talk business because um, you do business. Yeah, and you ask me questions on the business. I ask you questions. So, mm-hmm. tell us. How's <laughs> business? <laughs> tell us about business. <laughs> you built yourself as a businesswoman and you've been pretty successful, I would say. I, would you say you're successful? I know success is very individual perspective, but... I think successful mm, to my own kind of views as what success is. But that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. Like, it's not as if I'm earning a shitload of money or I've got all this fancy stuff. It's just, for me, it was all about building a business that can sustain me whilst I've also got freedom to live. So in that respect, yeah, I'd say I was successful. Yeah, that's, that's how I, similar how I define success. Mm-hmm. Just have the freedom to do what you want, when you want, relatively, when mm-hmm. you want and what you want, but you achieve that and you are still achieving it. And mainly your focus is on building online incomes lots of different streams of incomes different revenue streams yes i think in this industry anyway it's good to diversify your income because it's very seasonal you don't get sick pay so if you have different streams it definitely works but yeah now is the point i've always said i wanted to go more online and it's only been this year which is coming up I'm in my fifth year, so it'll be five years next next year. So does that mean I'm in the fourth year or the fifth? I've completed four, so I'm in the fifth, right? Yes, you started yeah. fifth. Yeah, so only now I'm starting to see how it can actually happen. But I also realise as to why it didn't happen when I first started this game of the online stuff. So how did you start and why wasn't it happening? The first thing I released online, you actually took the pictures for. It was the handstand ebook. The ebook, yeah. The, the inverted one. Um, and why didn't it work? I think I was too new into the field, but also I didn't have the background knowledge. I just thought, okay, I've got a following now on Instagram. There's people liking all my shit. They're definitely going to buy from me very naive because now four years on down the line i realized that there's a whole strategy i was missing but what does it mean it didn't work wasn't selling or 
Um, no, it was selling. And this is the thing, like, what do you define success? Yes, it worked for where I was at that time. Mm. But it also learned me a lot of stuff. And two things that it learned me was, one was, okay, business side, that you need to put more effort in the background of the launches. It's not just about having, once you've got the product, that's the easy part. And everyone thinks the creation is the hardest part. It's not, that's the easiest thing you can do. It's the selling afterwards. The um, marketing. And the marketing and actually building up a little bit of, what's the word, excitement around the product and keeping that excitement up. And then what I learned personally was I thought that I was ready and that I'd kind of got to a point where, oh, I don't care what people think about me. It's good, I can do whatever. Mm. And it, every time I was launching something online, it showed me that actually I still needed to work on my own self-belief because once I launched a product, you'd think I'd be excited and I'm like, yes, it's out. I'd launch a product and I'd cry because I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? People are gonna hate it. What if people don't like it? Like I'm not enough, it's not good enough, it's lacking. So I think all these different launches that I've done, it's helped me kind of work into that mental space a little bit more and help me find more confidence, should we say. So it's good you did all of them because without doing them, without doing them, you wouldn't get where you are now. Yeah, and it's all a learning curve. That's the thing. So now, like I have people who come into the industry straight away now and they expect the results that I'm getting mm. five years later. And I'm like, it just doesn't work like that very rarely unless you are working with someone or working with a big company to really get yourself out mm. there. If it's just you, there needs to be that kind of process happening. You can't come in and just expect it to be straight away, which I, if I'm honest, I thought that, yeah, I'm going to do one and it's going to fly and then that's it. Happy days. Everybody does think that, right? Yeah. That you just put it out there and it's sweet. Yeah. But nada. So you said it before as well, when we had different previous episodes you have to go through the failure you have to go through all the fuck-ups because mm -hmm. without them you wouldn't be where you are now and it's it's the mistakes that they teach not even mistakes it's what's the word the things that don't go as well as what you plan that's actually where the most teaching and the learning comes from because if you come and it was all perfect it's like okay what next you know because you have to adapt all the time yeah so this is the thing you start to adapt you start to see where the holes are you start to see where your knowledge is lacking as well and where you need to learn and if you need to outsource or bring someone else in and that is super valuable because then when you do get to the point where you feel okay i'm i'm on the right track i'm hitting the nail on the head like it's all pretty seamless and that feeling is just cold so now would you say it's different than before now when you launch something you don't cry you don't have anxiety anymore <laughs> I don't cry um I definitely don't cry and I don't go in a hole um there's always an anxiety particularly when it comes with tech you know what it's like working with computers and mm. 
software and doing the back ends of websites and things like this you're always thinking well I do because I'm the only one that works for me yeah there only there's only there only needs to be one button that isn't like programmed correctly <laughs> so I still get the anxiety of like please let every let me have saw everything even though I test it something slipped through but I think I've realized now that if someone does message me actually when I launched my course this time the first email I put out the link didn't work the button in the email and if that would have happened four years ago I would have been like no I would have been crying been like I'm terrible I'm so bad whereas now I'm like like it happens there's a lot yeah so there's anxiety to it but I'm not as uptight with it all and I feel very this is the the difference the big difference and a good actual subject to get on is it's being confident and really having a passion for what you're selling mm. and this is now with the creative sequencing that is like my passion project and that is something that I could sit down and speak to hours to people about and I think that's the difference the stuff that I was creating before yes I believed in it yes I've got the knowledge but my heart wasn't as into it as it is for the sequencing so that's what kind of keeps me going with it and pushing with it is because I know that that's really what I want to give but it's took me five years to understand yeah, that to go well. through different things you were putting out just yeah. so were you ever putting out things just to make money well yeah I'm doing this as a full-time job right so that's the other side of it because everyone thinks oh yoga it's not about the money you shouldn't be asking for money blah 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 and I'm like when you're trying to make rent in Dubai <laughs> oh yeah fine. you you have to go with it and definitely the first few years I was receiving feedback and it's not like I'm doing it I'm trying to shove things down people's throat just to make this money it's like okay I'm listening to feedback what people want okay people want an arm balance mm -hmm. workshop so yeah I'll put an arm balance workshop because I know it's going to be a hit I'm going to earn money, I need to live. Yeah, it's going to be still valuable that. then, yeah. But again, doing that kind of stuff, like, honestly, I hate arm balances. You'll never see me doing them in a class. I never actually teach them because I just, I, I dislike them. They make me angry. So I'm like... But you do lots of, I mean, in your personal training, no? Like in your private balances? training, yeah. No. Don't you do lots of handstands? Only handstands. Oh, you mean, balances. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Handstands different. I love handstands. Put that on the record. But that was the other thing as well like the first few years yes i was teaching stuff and i'm good at teaching them but i'd i wouldn't necessarily enjoy it or believe in what it was teaching but as i progressed and i start to know who i was as a teacher and where i wanted to go i got rid of saying yes to those things even if it would bring money in i'm like it's mm. not me i don't want to be known for this so it's pulling myself away from that as well and that image, which I think stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. Would you recommend, you would probably recommend people to actually have passion or have some liking of what they are putting out in terms of course, because at the moment I feel like courses are the new hit and new thing that everybody thinks like, oh yeah, I'm just going to sell online course, whatever it is, just to make money because it's selling. And you have so many fake gurus out there who are selling online courses. And one of the craziest things I've seen, I've seen a video 
like a tutorial where a guy was explaining how to steal other people's courses so you can make their your own and make money. So he actually explained like the easiest way to make money is to buy a course from someone. You know, all the courses on how to make money. Mm-hmm. It's millions of them. You buy one of the courses, you just copy everything that's there, put your name on it and sell it. And they actually make money like that. And I'm, I believe that must be the same in the fitness industry. Maybe not so obvious because, I don't know, it's hard to like find course and be like, oh yeah, this is like my course, but it must be happening for sure. That people buy a course, copy everything, and they're like, this is my new course. Possibly. I think the problem is when it comes to yoga and fitness, it's like, who really owns that? Yeah. It's the same with me. Like I do a, my courses on creative sequencing. I've seen a lot of people now coming out with their own sequencing courses. And I'm like, there's probably a lot of things that cross reference between all of them. But you can't, even if someone did kind of steal some of my, say, ideas or my concept, it's like, how do I, who, how do I prove that that's mine? No, you cannot. You can't, you know? So maybe. Um, it's more about what I said is more about copy paste completely copy paste I think getting inspired is different like yeah and I think even if it's copy paste I think you're able to know a person who has originally sat down and put the time and effort into that content versus a person who's just regurgitating it mm. and you'll see it in the way that they talk about it the way that they're going to sell it the way that they're involved in it because for me, it was a big thing. I want to be involved. I want to see these teachers and I want to have an interaction with them to see how the course is going and I will go out of my way. Whereas compared to if someone did just copy paste my course, PS, don't do that, please. Um, I don't think they'd have the same, well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have the same passion. They wouldn't want to show up. They'd just be spitting it out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But going back to your first thing, yes, I would recommend having passion for your subject rather than just doing a course that you think would go well. Perfect example, I did my handstand course. Um, It sold, didn't sell as many as what I thought, but I honestly believe it was because I love handstands, I love teaching them in person. The online version for me, when I did it, I didn't have that connection with people through it, particularly because it is training handstands, right? And because the passion wasn't there for what I built, I didn't want to pursue it and push it anymore. Whereas the sequencing one, because the passion's there. Passion is a funny thing and it does something for you, particularly when you're freelance. I read somewhere, I can't even remember who I'm quoting, but it says, whatever you choose to do, you want to be able to eat the shit sandwich of that job, Mm. right? So work's always going to be work. Whether you love your job or you hate your job, there's going to be days where you're just like, this is work and you have to dig deep. And choosing something where you are happy to have those dark days and happy to eat the shit sandwich that is, for me, the shit sandwich of creative sequencing and the online courses, it's all the tech side, mm. right? It's having to still show up online when I'm not really feeling it. And even like the freelance life, it's like, I'll take the shit sandwich of not having 
like medical insurance paid for me i'll have, take it i'm not having live out allowance or mm-hmm. these sick pay i want to eat that shit <laughs> because of what the benefits are because it's my passion and i'm doing what i want into the world and nobody's telling you what to do exactly to do. yeah so if you take anything from this find the shit sandwich that you're willing to eat and then run with that yeah because regardless of what you do you're gonna eat the shit sandwich yeah, in al- whichever it's job be shit. like i i absolutely i love my job and i love even the one-to-one the in-person stuff i love my clients but then some days i'm like i wake up at five and i'm like do i really want to get out of bed no but i have to it's my job i love it but some days i'm like i don't want to do it and that's reality is you're going to get that wherever you end up or whatever path you choose yeah i feel you there <laughs> like i definitely feel you there do you have advice to people who want to start an online course on whatever topic whatever industry what should they do step by step oh step by step step by step step by step okay you number one if you don't have your topic you need to think really hard about what you are going to give and the biggest advice is one find a problem you can solve two you're either an expert in that field or you've gone through it yourself and obviously be passionate about it so i think having that your own experience is automatically going to make you more credible because you've actually done the work and this is the results that you get through and then as part of that anyway you're going to have to niche down and this is the biggest thing so when i first started out i didn't niche because you know i did a lot of things i still do a lot of things mm. but on my instagram you don't see that anymore um when i first started it was handstands workout calisthenics yoga flexibility mm-hmm. and i was trying to hit all these different things and even i thought that having all of that available would be better when actually it just diluted my audience so in that respect it's better to have the really warm and intense many ready to basically go into your offering than the lukewarm mm-hmm. you know what i mean so because i had everyone from everywhere the message subconsciously to everyone is i was never really an expert in either because there was just so much so when i started to niche down on the sequencing which is ironically even when i first started my instagram everyone's comment was always about my flows and how unique they were and it took me four years to actually say ah mm. this is my thing you know but it was only when i started to really niche down in my messaging that i started to convert more people into sales um as part of that as well before you start making the online course you have to get a real good idea of your some people call it your ideal client some others call it your unicorn and this is the person that you're going to be selling to mm-hmm. quite often it's going to be the person you were a few years back prior to this knowledge that you've found and it's not just about the small things it's really about 
the language that they're going to be using. It's their problems. It's the way that they feel. Even down to gender, sex, the type of lifestyle that they want to be living. If you can get real clear on the type of person that you're speaking to, mm -hmm. your messages become clear. Top tip for when you are marketing your course is, and when you start to um, kind of work through the building process is if you have a clear course subject, go to Amazon, look for a book on your subject. Mm -hmm. So for me, I went on, there's loads of books on yoga sequencing. Click on any one of them, go to the reviews and go to about three stars and under mm -hmm. and have a look at the language that the ideal clients using and have a look at what they say is missing mm -hmm. and a lot of the times these language and these keywords you're going to see cropping up all the time so when i did it it was like okay confidence and creativity kept coming up it's like great book but i don't have the confidence to teach it's a little bit too there was too much and it was too hard for them to get the head around mm -hmm. also the sequencing is quite simple i wanted something more creative and i'm like that's genius because that's what i'm bringing out anyway so yeah just a little tip when you're doing your research is to actually go in and as part of finding out who your ideal client is, is actually look for those keywords that they're using. That's a great To bring into your marketing. Tip. Oh, thanks. Is that going to oh, be a really? real? <laughs> it, it, it is a great practical mm. tip to make proper research, not just like, oh, let me just do it. Yeah. Damn. What else? I could go on forever with this. Hmm? Can you give us three more practical tips? Let's say someone created an online course, put it all together, and it's not selling well. They're struggling with marketing. One tip, what do you recommend for them to do? Well, you have to figure out as to why it's not selling. And usually, so... Let's, let's say it's a great course. Let's go back and look at, okay, Let's look at the way that you are selling it. Because a lot of the times, and this is what I did when I start, I had a course, straight away, I'm like, boom, here's a course, that's mm -hmm. what it's about, go buy it. When now I know your audience has to be warmed up. Mm -hmm. And so say you've, you've done the niching that I've already said, you have niched out your Instagram or your online platforms where you're selling it. And then there has to be a whole warm-up period for people to know that something's coming. Mm -hmm. um, and this is all part of capturing emails as well. So the best way to actually launch something is directly into people's inbox. It has more conversions. For that way, you need to pull their emails in. Inbox on email inbox or do you send DMs email as well? inbox. Okay. I can tell you something about DMs as well. To remind me after. So before you even launch the product you want to get people on some kind of wait list or vip list right say mm -hmm. okay I've, the course is coming if you want to be on the vip list with first access and a bigger discount give me your emails collect the email so then you have something now that's called warm leads mm -hmm. yeah rather than targeting the whole of your email subscribers with it you're just targeting again this red hot few these people who are actually interested who are potentially buying now once you have done that 
when the course is launched, there'll be a series of emails going through these warm people and you start looking at who's open and who's not. The best thing you can do is try and get feedback from people as to say if they're really warm and say if they've been in your DMs in Instagram and you've sent them the link prior mm -hmm. to this, message them and be like, if they haven't signed up yet, ask them why. So you have to get the feedback from it. So you reach out to them and you actually ask yeah. them like, yeah. why you didn't sign up? Yeah, yeah, not even why you, like, did you take, did yeah. you get a chance to take a look at it? And then it opens this conversation, this dialogue. And then if you get to the end of the launch, launch period, I was bad and I only launched for seven days because I'm a bit of a rebel and I couldn't be asked doing 10, but <laughs> launch period for about 10 days, yeah? Mm -hmm. And you keep at them. After the 10 days, if you haven't launched, you need to look at why it hasn't been selling, whether it's a money issue, whether the messaging isn't clear enough, whether people are asking questions that should be already answered with mm -hmm. your sales page. So then it's looking at where you need to adapt. So if everyone is coming back to you and they're saying, okay, it's too much money, mm -hmm. I would never say put the price down. But what it means is either they can't see the value from your sale page of how much is in this course, or you need to have a lower price offering with less value that people would be happy to part with. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So you just don't give them all, you just give them less and they pay less yeah so yeah. it just means that okay some pe i have people in my audience that don't have the budget for this yet which yeah. is fine so how can i make something to appeal to those people and still help them yeah so do you in the process of doing the course now probably you are already ready for the fact that there will be people who cannot afford it I've do you a lot. do you already while you're making it create reduced version that you sell for less or do you do it only once people ask for it no so this is this is the thing i have a lot of options with the online platform i have payment options and if people i have literally come into my inbox been like sarah and it's funny because you can tell the people who don't find value in it mm -hmm. and they just want part with the money or you can tell people who actually they see its value but they Cannot afford they it. cannot afford it right so those people yes i make accommodations i have payment plans if someone really wants to do it but the payment plan doesn't work for them i'll offer them an extended payment plan mm -hmm. so that it'd be like a hundred dollars a month for like six months me personally because i know the value of what's in the course and even the live calls and access to me mm -hmm. there is no way that the price of that course is ever going to come down yeah no chance. Fair enough. I already have a vision of what I want to do next year with my online platform and my online school. Will I put a lower offering on? I'm not sure yet. But if I do, it's going to be nothing like my main course because I know what's in that and I know the benefit of signing up to that one. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's I'm like, I don't want to do anything less because... I feel like I'm not able to serve people as well by doing that. Yeah, which is fair. Mm -hmm. And you know your worth and value and you should I never so. and compromise I'm not, it. 
I'm not a selfish person. I'm not a money-grabbing person. If people have circumstances where they can't pay the full price for whatever reason, there's ways that I'm very flexible around it. Mm-hmm. But if people just say, basically, I don't see the value in what you're teaching, I want it for less just to see what it mm-hmm. is, then I'm like, no, I don't want you in my course. I'm sorry, but yeah. it doesn't do anything for my self-esteem by coming down to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, one more tip, right? The Instagram tip. Mm-hmm. So when you are selling your online course and if people want to see proof of this or how it's done you can head over to my instagram look at my reels and what i put underneath it what really helped me in selling it was getting people in my dms so i know that with instagram you can be like oh link in my bio or Mm -hmm. blah 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 my tactic was if i can open up a conversation with people it's it's selling it's like as if you're a door-to-door salesman, yeah. right? But your door-to-door is actually phone-to-phone. DMs, yeah. If I can open up that conversation and actually talk to them and see what their troubles are, why they're not buying it, or what they want out of the course, then that's going to put the course in a better position to sell. So you'll notice on my posts and my reels, you should always have a call to action anyway. Mm-hmm. So what are the people meant to do after they've watched this? Yeah, some of them, it might be just like it, share it, blah, blah, blah. Whenever I'm selling the course, it will always be, if you want details, put an emoji or send me a DM saying details. So I know that again, these warm leads that probably I haven't got their emails yet and captured, mm-hmm. I've got them into the DMs. And then it's my job to convert them from a DM to an email subscriber and then a potential paying client as well. But just having that one-to-one feedback, that one-to-one line, it works in a way that they feel comfortable because now you've got a direct access. So they feel comfortable, they're more trusting, they can ask you anything that they want that maybe on a post that's public, they're not able to. So that would be my last tip. Get them in your DMs. Thank you. That's great. No, this is great. The call to action. I've seen it. I haven't done it yet because I'm lazy and I don't have, I don't know what I don't have, but just a simple word. So they don't feel scared to start a conversation and ask you something. They just send you one word. Yeah. And like send, send me the word details or yeah. the, this emoji. Yeah. And then you are on it. And how do you how the fuck do you manage replying to that many dms i'm struggling at the minute actually uh prioritize which kind of annoys my friends and family who are just friends and family and nothing to do with business because they're not a priority on my instagram but if you have my whatsapp number (laughs) then that means we're proper friends (laughs) so you can whatsapp me on there but you yeah you prioritize luckily now instagram's getting better with you're able to copy paste a message and just message them from the comments um and it's staying on top of it if if you want your online business to work you've got to treat it like a job yeah Yeah. from the get-go so it's having time to record it's making time out of your day to sit there and reply to the comments because for me especially this year i think hitting 30 i was kind of like I'm comfortable in Dubai, but I don't like the comfort and I can't see myself working full time in person all the time. And now's 
for me, now's the time that I really want it to change and that I really want to step into the online. So I think I just got sick of myself. Mm. And that's why if you really, really want it to happen, you'll sit there and you'll go through the comments and you'll start pushing and you kind of get a buzz from it as well. Mm. You know, when more people are engaging and you're opening these conversations. And for me, I don't want it to sound like it's all about selling. For me as well, it's just about connecting to these people that maybe have been connecting to my posts for years but just because of the way I've changed of doing things, now I actually get to have conversations with them and mm-hmm. other people behind the screen. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, you created a nice community, I believe. Yeah, I don't get any hate mail, which is great. Which would, I don't think I'm a dick online. <laughs> and you get lots of real followers. Is it real follower? It's some I think the definition of real follower is the person who buys everything you put out there because they love your work and somebody said that it's better to have 100 real followers than million Nothing. subscribers that just followers that just watch you because then if you sell to 100 real people something for 100 dollars how much you have calculated i'm a yoga teacher <laughs> <laughs> maths is not in my everyday uh, repertoire of schools <laughs> What would you tell, now you have a chance to send a message to people who who call you lucky and who call you, I think just lucky is the word that many people use that like, oh yeah, she's just so lucky, She she's working for herself and she's just doing, working from home and like many people would call it not real work because you just don't go to office and don't sit there i think i do try and show the reality of it this was happened last week actually when someone was i think it was last friday and i'd finished by 1 30 in the afternoon mm. and they're like oh it's a part-time job so easy being a yoga teacher and i'm like i have been non-stop since 5 30. Mm. i've already done an eight hour day before one o'clock comes and yeah people see they like to see how much, they just see the facade, right? They see you releasing things, they see that you're busy, you're doing that, but you don't actually understand how much work has gone on backstage for that. And you don't actually know what the results are. Mm-hmm. So you can see people launching this, you're like, oh my God, she must be doing amazing, blah, blah, blah. That course could flop. Yeah. You know? And this whole lucky thing, especially now, and I, I, I know a lot of people compare online courses that they've done to mine and they're like, oh, how can you just come and sell it like that? And I'm like, I have been in this industry and been online and working my fucking balls off for over four years. And it's took me four years to, yes, have a course that now I have a steady stream of people buying, you know? So it's, what does Paul say? He always says something. It was like four years of hard work for an overnight success. Yeah. You know, everyone thinks it's happened like this when really like, no, I've been consistent for four years and this is the fruits of it. It's like the picture of the iceberg where you see the tip, but there is fucking shitload of it under. And even stuff like you do sacrifice a lot. I know when I was making this course and even now, like I have 
very or I did have very little time for my friends and relationships when I was making the course because I still work full-time as a yoga teacher I'm doing this in the background and I'm just nailing it so there is there's sacrifices to it and yeah I do have time off in the middle of the day sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of it but I can allow myself to do that because of the hard work I've put in does that answer your question did I go off on a tangent yes no (laughs) it's good it's a good answer Okay, Sarah, is there anything else you would like to, I knew you'd say that to me. tell to the world? <laughs> um, is there anything else? Oh, we can't say stay safe anymore, right? Oh, fuck that's, that. that's been forgotten. <laughs> um, we don't need to be safe anymore. Is there anything else I want to say? Just put in the hard work and stay in your own lane. Stay focused on your own vision. Doesn't matter about all the I was going to call them knobheads, all the other people around you. Stay focused, stay consistent, and then let the chips fall where they It'll come. It will. What if somebody doesn't have a vision? Vision in life or vision as in? Everything. Um, when it comes to work, let's talk about work. Is it important to have a vision in work? Like... I find a lot of purpose in my work, I do, but you can have purpose and it doesn't have to be what you do. You know, work can be just earning money. Yeah. And your purpose might be found somewhere else. It might be in some kind of support group, it might be in giving, it might be in a hobby that you do. So I don't think, I think everyone is kind of focused on, oh, I need to work and have something for myself and have purpose. Like, I don't think your purpose has to come from work. Um, If you're struggling and you think you don't have a vision, what I would say is try and try new things that bring a creative kind of aspect or element of yourself out. It can be creative it could be physical, but a space where it gives you space to start to understand yourself a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you might have to do a few of them. You might have to keep trying different things, but there'll be one thing I promise that will just click. And I think even in once you get into this creative mode and where there's no kind of expectations, this is when things start to flow a little bit easier and when you'll have these it's not even a eureka moment it's like a little a little tiny spark where you're like oh actually let let me lean into that a little bit and then i think from there you'll find things thanks that's what this advice was for me (laughs) no i used to be so stubborn and stuck in the perception of i have to have a purpose in everything i do well, now I changed the perspective finally. It took me fucking few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's not about... So I thought everything I do has to have a purpose. And instead of now I look at things that like I have to do some things for work and I just try to find purpose in those things. Not mm-hmm. try to do things only... Does it make sense? Yeah, so I think... Some things don't have to have that feeling of purpose, but I think whatever you're doing, 
you always have to be just aware of the intention behind them, right? Yeah. So you might be doing this mind-numbingly thing. Like I used to work in a bloody office when I was 21 and it used to pee me off. But then it's like, okay, let's look at my intention when I'm there. Do I want to be in this hole of, oh, there's just no point, there's no purpose here? Or do I want to look around and see the opportunity that actually is mm. in the mundane, right? And chances are we, we're human beings, we're meant to connect. So if you just keep your eyes open for that, even the non-purposeful stuff, you get really meaningful conversations and connections from it. They don't have to be knitted in one. Yeah. Yeah, that's well said. That's what I was trying to say, but didn't. Thank Did you. I do well? Yes, yeah. very well. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank again. You. I'll see you again. We should um, record an episode we were talking about. Were yeah. we just going to be bitching about we life? Might <laughs> <laughs> we might start a weekly episode. Can we call it like weekly, shoot the shit? Weekly bitching. Oh, what did we... We had a... Um, we had you play it's on Make a Move. Make a Move, bitch. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> move, bitch. Get out of the way. Yeah. A weekly episode where we just shoot the shit. Yeah. Just talk about people in traffic and shit. <laughs> <laughs> People's driving and how good air fryers are. So you know you're getting old. are good. They are. You need the, the double older, door one, though. The older you get, yeah. the more excited you are about yeah. air and fryers and talk, vacuum cleaners. The more you can talk about it. Like, I had oh, a yeah. conversation this morning at breakfast. And it's completely about, acceptable. <laughs> for about 30 minutes on shit you can do in the air fryer. And I'm like, how is this my life? But I'm really engaged. Because it's I'm really enjoying so it. good. It's so enjoyable. It's true. Welcome. If you're not 30 yet, this is what, you, what you've got to come. Yeah. And then... Eventually, you will start running marathons and you will buy a bike. I'm just about to do that. True. <laughs> it's for men, I think. I think lots of women as well, but at, I heard that after 30, it's like, okay, now I have to run yeah. some marathons and shit. I don't know what it is for women. Getting married? Don't, because then I <laughs> fall into that category <laughs> and I don't want to be a statistic. <laughs> well, yeah. too late for that. I know. I feel like I've let the 30, single and 30 people down. Yeah. But it's good. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> right, should we wrap it up? Yeah, wrap it yeah. up. Thank you, Sarah White. Most welcome, Matthew. See you in the next episode. And well. yeah, go follow Sarah. If you had no idea who Sarah is until now, she's a superstar. Oh, fuck me. No, I'm not. She's I'm just a, a normal person. She's a yoga teacher and a great, great businesswoman. I haven't met many, I want to say women, but not, uh, not women in general. People so driven, as driven as you. Oh, thanks, man. And yeah, you've been my inspiration for a long time. So, so thanks and for that. And you're of a best friend. Yeah. It kicks you up the house. Yeah. Yeah. That's I what do. I need. All right. Thank you, Sarah. And... Um, yeah, go follow Sarah White. You say it because I don't know how to spell it. It's Sarah White, but if I spell it out, you're always going to think I'm saying I instead of A. So it's S for Sierra, A for Alpha, R for Romeo, underscore white, as in the color. As in the color. Yeah. And you can also follow Make a Move podcast on Instagram, Matt Bendick on Instagram. Follow us all. Give up some, give up. Give us some love. Yeah. 
And if you enjoyed it, let us know. Let us know. We will definitely reply to you. No, That's what we do. <laughs> Matt doesn't. I do. <laughs> I try. Um, yeah, that's all. Yeah. See you guys. Bye. Peace. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends, with anyone who can benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one. <laughs>